Oh, thank you so much for joining us on a Thursday evening and welcome to Caching in the Northwest, the foremost podcast from the birthplace of geocaching in the great Pacific Northwest. Each week, we're going to talk about caches and cachers from here and all around the globe. So while you're busy trying to find a parking place at the mall, we'll be caching in the Northwest. And you know, we can't do that until we bring in our holiday howler monkey. Some say he has a cameo in the next Sharknado movie. And others say he's driven the entire coast of British Columbia for one earth cache. All we know is he's called Land Monkey. Hey, good to see you, buddy. Um, that's right. Uh, Sharknado 17, the next Sharknado movie. Uh, it's called Revenge of the Monkeys. Um, I will be uh, having a cameo in there. So looking that, forward that to that. That sounds about right for the next Sharknado movie, Revenge yep. of the Monkeys. Yep. Yeah. Because, you know, in 16, there's the whole sharks versus monkeys thing. I don't know if you saw it. But... No, no, I missed that one. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I was waiting to actually catch it on video. There's a pivotal plot point, really. So anyways, <laughs> with all that, we, we will note that our good friend Jim is not here tonight. So guys, we ask you if you can remember to send Wits End a tweet. Let him know you miss him. We always, uh, we always appreciate you doing that. And, you know, he loves the love. So. Go ahead and do that. And in the meantime, taking his place, we have our good friend, Nick Hubbard, joining us from Cashley. Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Good to have you here, man. Looking forward to talking to you about a whole bunch of techie app stuff. Perfect. That's what I like. (laughs) Good. Good. Um, And a reminder to those of you guys who are in the chat, um, the, uh, hashtag, if you've got questions for Nick is hashtag ask Cashly. So, uh, our, uh, chat lackey will grab those, uh, anything that you t- hashtag that in the chat and drop it into the show notes for us so we can hashtag ask Cashly. All right. Uh, also a quick reminder, we appreciate the support of our patrons who help to keep this lovely podcast coming each and every week. And if you want to know more about supporting this show, click that patreon link over there i don't know i have no idea where i am in the real estate of our website so um it's over there on the side somewhere click it please um on the cachingw.com website that's right and while you're thinking about that let's think about glowing now mm-hmm. we're not talking about luminescence we're talking about the geocaching log of the week so whether you wrote it or whether you read it we want to hear about it because great logs simply make geocaching better send an email to feedback at cachingnw.com. you know you can use the voice recorder on your phone record that in your very own voice and send it via email to feedback at cachingnw.com. you can call into 253-693-TFTC or you can use the voicemail tool on the website and show us how you glow what i'm trying to say is we've got a lot of channels we've got a lot of methods We want your glow. We need your glows because we use one a week. And sometimes there's weeks where I don't get one. And all I'm saying is we know people are writing great logs and we want to hear about it. Right on. That's awesome. Um, I love the fact that the number to call is TFTC. Isn't that funny? To send in your really (laughs) good quality log. Send in the great log to something that you should never use in a log <laughs> or you can i mean honestly it's uh, true. you know what 
why don't we talk about that in the after show <laughs> and I'll move on to tonight's glow because yeah, Oh, talk, talking about writing quality logs can probably take up uh, a few episodes of this podcast and have in the past. So there you go. All right. So tonight's glow comes to us from friend of the show and frequent guest Keats94 via Facebook. And he writes, how much does this geocaching streak mean to me? Well, the day started out with a simple plan to head over to North Vancouver to find a single geocache. I'd simply take the 28 bus across the second Narrows Bridge, take the 214 bus to the trailhead, hike up, find the cache. Easy, right? Well, I got to the trailhead, no problem. Hike down to the bridge to cross the Seymour River. This dang fisherman's trail bridge was closed for construction. Closest bridge was two kilometers south. Not walking that far to cross a darn bridge. I decided to hike up a steep trail back to the road where I took the bus. The bus was going to arrive in uh, three minutes. It was three o'clock. I got to the bus stop in a wheezing frenzy at 3.03, but missed the bus by about 30 seconds. I wait for another 30 minutes for the next bus. Around now, it was starting to get dark. I take the bus back to Fibs and then take the 227 bus up to Lynn Canyon Park. Uh, for those who are playing at home, you can pull out your... Um, Metro Vancouver Transit map and, and follow the route Keats took here. High-powered headlamp clad, I ventured into Lynn Canyon. I crossed Lynn Creek via the Twin Falls Bridge and eventually wound my way to the top of the ridge. I made it to Lillooet Road and crossed it to get to the Richard Urin Trail. That's J-U-R-Y-N, and I'm assuming it's pronounced Urin, although I just said it and then I realized, wow, that's not great. Okay. I'm reading it along going, yeah, that's how I would have said it. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's so what happens when the monkey cold reads a log. All right. <laughs> Up I went into the dark forest to get the geocache. I got to the site and quickly found the cache. Hurrah! All that effort for signing one log book to keep this fine streak alive for at least one more day. I decided to walk down Lillooet Road to Cap U and I may have... No. Okay. Hold on. So Capilano University, not to like... He's not doesn't have a vendetta against you, Chris. Um, <laughs> I thought he was going to knock me out. To uh, Yeah, so to, to get to Capilano University, let me be specific here. And I may have seen some bears in the cemetery. This sounds like a kind of a creepy night. It was the far-spaced glowing eyes that made me suspect that they were black bears. Yeah, fair enough. I caught the bus back to safety, but what an adventure that was just for one geocache find. That's that's quite the log, Keats. You know, when you've got a streak going, you you will do a lot of work to maintain that streak. And we now know that Keats94 has ended his epic daily geocaching streak at 425, I believe, correct? Indeed, yep. And uh, congratulations to you. <laughs> In the yep. uh, chat, uh, Brylang says it, it wasn't a skookum bear that he saw. <laughs> no, probably not. Their, their eyes aren't set that far apart. <laughs> oh, well, this show is all about apps. It is. And we've got one that we didn't expect or didn't see coming. This one comes from Groundspeak. And yes, Groundspeak, not geocaching.com. Uh, the Geocaching Adventure Lab is a new way for geocachers to find and log lab caches. Lab caches are experimental geocache type, often played at mega events. These cache 
these caches count towards your geocaching stats and total finds. In contrast, lab caches are not required to have a container and can also be located indoors. So if you're going to an upcoming mega event, go ahead and download the Adventure Lab app from Groundspeak and start looking for lab caches in your area. You know, that's a great point. Um, I installed the app tonight on my phone and started just playing around with it a little bit. Obviously, I'm not at a mega event. There's no lab caches immediately close to me. But I haven't found any of the permanent lab caches in the greater Seattle area. So those are the ones that came up on my phone, plus a number of other lab caches at other events and permanent ones that are much further away from me. And I, I didn't realize how many um, permanent lab caches there are out there in the world. So especially in the greater Seattle area, there's like, I think there's like four or five different groups of of four or five different ones. Yeah, the Museum of Flight has one, has a set of five. That was the closest one to me. I found it. There's another one within 30 miles of me that has a set of caches. And then, you know, I started scrolling and looking. And, you know, I stopped it when I hit 8,000 miles away of the lab caches. That's, That's probably farther than I'm going to get this weekend. Yeah. It was pretty cool though, because I downloaded the app and I was able to just log in with my geocaching account and it just popped up and it was working for me just fine. Nick, have you had a chance to look at it yet? I did actually. I installed it and was around the lo- my local area and stuff. Um, I thought it looked pretty nice. I think that people will use it because there was never a dedicated lab cache app before and it was kind of difficult to to find them and log them and stuff. So. Exactly right. It's always been a little difficult to find them. And you had to use a um, web page for navigation and it often didn't update right. So I think this is a a good step forward just for lab caches. And uh, we'll see how it works once once we hit one of those mega events. Maybe I'll have to go to Germany for the next week. Yeah, I think it was good that they made a separate app and didn't try to integrate it in the regular geocaching app mm-hmm. i think so it feels like it's a, it was a it would be a pretty big lift to put that into the existing app yeah you know, you know nick you're the expert on that so <laughs> <laughs> you know we're guessing but you would probably know better <laughs> yeah so I, I do know that they wrote it so it's cross-platform so i don't know if they use the same cross-platform code for their regular app um, but I'm pretty sure this, uh, app uses something called react native, which allows you to like write in JavaScript and then you can you know, deploy to both platforms and it writes the native code for each, uh, like binary file. So I don't know if they do that on their regular app, but I know this one is kind of that way. So, well, it certainly has a different look and feel than the regular app than the geocaching app. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought the look and feel for it was kind of, kind of fit with toward the whole mega event feeling yeah i just i liked it i thought it worked i thought it worked really easy and i thought it looked good it was intuitive i think is kind of the the key piece to it it works very much in the way that um when you would use the web interface on your phone for lab caches it would work in a similar manner mm-hmm. cool well as we've already tipped our hat um tonight we're pleased to be able to uh, add Nick, uh, Nick Hubbard to the show, the developer of Cashly. So Nick, how's your week going? 
It's going good. It's been busy. I've been up early each morning working on, on the Cashly 5.0 update and just trying to finish that up so I can get it out to users. Uh, but for some reason, my beta testers keep on finding bugs that I have to fix. So Burn beta testers. <laughs> continual problem. Boy, just tell them to stop finding them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Better than my users, my regular users finding them. Exactly. Yeah. Valid exactly. point. So um, with that, uh, there there may be some people in our audience who haven't heard of Cashly. In in, in case that's the case, Nick, uh, what could you tell us about Cashly? So Cashly is a geocaching app for iOS. It's not available for Android, um, and it's an official partner app uh, through HQ. So they kind of certify our apps and say that we're official partners. You can go to the partner website that HQ has, and you can see Cashly on there. Um, and you can log in with your regular geocaching.com account, and it brings down your account info, and you can see all of your things like your pocket queries and your your lists and different things like that. So it's tightly integrated with geocaching.com. So. Nice. Yep. And yeah, and, and and you know, there's the regular app from HQ and then there's Cashly and Cashly kind of I kind of put it as a more advanced app where we have things like uh offline maps for states and countries and we have uh offline caches with powerful filtering and bulk uploading. You can import GPX files and export those, you know, from GSAC or you know, different places. Um we can do text translation. If you're in Germany for a month, uh, you can just translate the different logs and the descriptions, hints, stuff like that, right through Cashly. Um, there's an FTF indicator. So if you are loading caches around your location, it'll pop up with a little FTF thing and you can go nab that cache right away. I've had lots of users happy that they found that through Cashly. So that's been been a help. Um, it has a... So if you want to just... Just use your watch and, and you have the GPS or the, the cellular on your watch. You can actually just cache with that. Um, so people have done it and it's it's kind of nice to be able to scroll on your on your watch. Um, yeah. And there's lots of other features. Too many to even mention. So <laughs> nice. It's my primary caching app. I really do enjoy Cashly. Thank you. Nick, how has business been with Cashly this year? It's been good. It's been good. It's, it's, you know, it's always up and down. It's up in the summer and then around Christmas time, unfortunately, like right now is, is probably the lowest because it's winter time. You know, the U S is probably my biggest market. So when it's winter time, people aren't buying cash as much. They're not using it as much. So I see my usage go down. And then when spring and summer comes around, it goes way back up and people are excited to start using it. Um, so, but I was excited to go to some mega events, which I actually saw you guys there um, at a couple of them and meet some of my users and visit with them, hand out some geocoins, um, you know, just try to do promotion of Cashly and promotion of, you know, myself and try to, yeah, there you go. There's one of the Cashly geocoins. Yeah. Look at the Cashly. So anything I can do. Yes. Very cool. Um, yeah, so I just try to promote things at, at events and online and, and stuff like that and really just get the word out to the people that haven't heard about it before. Very cool. We have, uh, we've got the first question for you, Nick. It's uh, from Three Hams in a Rose. Um, and so we're kind of doing a little bit of a deep dive uh, already, if, you, if you're okay with a product-related question. Yeah. All right, so let's jump in there. He says, one thing that he'd love to see changed on Cashly 
is to not have all caches disappear from the map when you target one. He feels that it robs the ability to detour to a different cache once you're driving. Well, he is in luck because that feature is in 5.0 and we've Ooh. our beta testers have already been testing it. And yeah, so that was definitely one that's been talked about for a long time. And people say, well, you know, why can't you do that? Why can't you see other caches? So it actually uses a radius. So say you're looking at offline list with 500 caches. It's not going to pull in those 500 caches. Um, I think I set it up to have a five mile radius or something like that. Um, and it will pull in all those caches in the, in the navigate screen. So then you can jump onto one of those other ones uh, if you're walking past it or something. So. Very yeah. cool. Well, that's, uh, I'm sure that's going to make uh, many of your users very happy. Your support is so timely. Hopefully, yes. <laughs> yes. I, just, I just coded it right now. <laughs> um, we had another question. Uh, Chris, I'll take this question and then you can, you can okay. throw the next one after that. Um, Landsharks asked a question. And it is, uh, and I think it's, this is based on the understanding that there was an attempt to fundraise um, to make Cashly for Android. Um, and they're asking for the original Cashly for iPhone, was there a fundraiser? No, it just started out as a project that I wanted to do back in 2015, 2014, something like that. So it's just a project that I started out and I was already an iOS developer. So, you know, it was my focus. It's something that I already knew. Um, the idea of the Android one a while back that I said, if people are interested in crowdfunding it, that's great. It's because I'm not, I, I've developed a little bit for Android, but I'm not a native Android developer. And it would just take so much time that I would, only way to do it would be to hire somebody else. And at this point, I've decided it's, it's not something I want to continue to think about. So no, no, no cashly funding for the iOS version. It's just been all of my, my own time. So. Okay. Uh, Udac yep. asks, do you promote the app in other countries? If so, how? I'm sure international cashers and iPhone users would love your app. Yeah, absolutely. I do. Um, one way that people don't probably don't notice is uh, I promote it through App Store uh, ads. And so if you search in the App Store on your phone, you might see ads on the top. And I do that for lots of different countries around the world, the UK, Germany, Australia. Um, so those are kind of ones that aren't as visual, but somebody would see them. People do click on them and stuff. I also do uh, sponsorships at mega events. Um, there was a mega event down in Australia recently forgetting what the name of it was, um, they actually built a lab cache specifically for Cashly um, because that was one of the perks of being a sponsor. Um, and it was a box that finally, when you figured out the clue with a flashlight, um, you had to do a couple holes, it would actually turn lights on and say Cashly. So that was pretty cool. Nice. And actually one of my beta testers was at the event and saw it and he was pretty stoked that he got to play with that. Um, so yeah, usually event sponsorship is something that I do um, there's another one uh, in 2019 in Scotland that I'm one of the main sponsors for um, called the Aberdeen Shire uh, event yep. in 2019. So is I think, one of the only uh, top sponsors on that one. Um, and then magazines, uh, I put an ad in different magazines, geocaching magazines. Uh, there's one in the UK uh, that I have some ads in and stuff. So I'm looking for other ways to, to promote, especially like in Germany. I think that Cashly hasn't got a hold on a place like that that's really into geocaching, but my numbers aren't as big in a, in a place like that, even though it's translated into German um, and there is some users, but I would love to grow that, that user base. Nice. Well, 
fitting right into that, um, uh, MC3Cats asks, what country outside the U.S. has the most casually users? That would be the U.K. Okay. Yeah. And, and, then, and then after that, Australia and Germany, Canada, kind of those ones are, are the next ones. But definitely U.S. Is, is high, and the other ones are kind of way down here, unfortunately. But that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense as well. I get that. But um, moving on to some of the questions that we had, uh, we had worked with you in advance there, Nick, um, we were wondering if you were going to be able to give us a quick rundown because you mentioned your beta testing version five right now. Um, maybe mm -hmm. some of the top most demanded features that have been implemented in version five. Yeah. So there's demanded features and then there's features that, that I wanted to build. And so I tried to, you know, listen more to the features that people wanted, but the one that I really wanted to work on and build in was new offline maps. Uh, the old ones that are currently in Cache are slow. Um, the styles don't look that great. There's no uh, hill shades and contours, stuff like that. Um, and so I've been working probably for the past year on a new mapping system. Um, that's beautiful maps. They're again for the whole world. They're searchable. Um, they have contours and hill shades like I've been wanting. Um, and it's just much more flexible and, and easy than the last version that I had. And, and again, it's vector maps. So you can download like a whole state of Washington and keep that on your phone. And then, you know, anywhere where you browse in Washington is going to have all of your, your data and it's based on open street maps. So whatever is in open street maps will get generated and built into the cache. So we have that. That's something I was really excited about. Um, Let me, can I interrupt for a minute? How yes, much yes. data would say uh, a, a state, you know, I, I know states vary in size, but an average state would use how much storage? Um, maybe between like 150 to 300 megabytes. So something like okay. uh, Washington would be smaller, obviously, than California. Right. So, so yeah. no reason to upgrade to um, the huge phone we could do it with just the average iphone well those uh what are the small ones 15 gigabytes the small ones are getting pretty small nowadays i mean people are using the os and a couple apps are pretty much using all of the phone but yeah. you know a 32 or 64 definitely could be good um and another feature is so we have offline lists that hold all your offline geocaches and people always said why can't i open two of them at the same time you know view a couple of them so in 5.0, you'll be able to just select a couple different lists you want to view, and I will show all those caches on the map. And you can also actually do filtering and different things like that on the result of all those lists. Also, you can view your entire database. Uh, if you want to view every single cache you have offline on your entire phone, you can do that. Um, so that's something that took a little work because I originally hadn't built Cachely to you know view all those different ones offline. Um, Another feature that I had blogged about and put on social media was uh, highlighting in color. So previously, you could highlight just in one color, which was this default kind of actually ugly red color. Um, and now you can choose from, I think, 20 different colors. And so if you want to say you're going on a trip and you want to, you know, mark a certain set of them as blue, another set as green, another set as yellow, um, you can do that. And then what's nice is it syncs across to all your other devices through iCloud. Um, so if you have an iPad and an iPhone, it'll sync it over there. Um, and it saves them, you know, between a restart and stuff. 
Is that just um, the highlights so nice. that are synced across the multiple devices? Uh, the colors as well. The colors, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. but yeah, the colors and the ones you've highlighted, okay. But not the actual caches? Uh, not the actual offline caches, because okay. that's quite a bit of data. I mean, exactly. if you had, some people are, are holding 50,000 caches on their thing, and that's probably about a gig of data, because you have, you know, every single cache might have 30 logs in it and you know that's that's a lot of data um and then as somebody had asked about this another one is the navigating to a cache and you caches around you so that was definitely requested by a lot of people so i felt like that needed to go in so those are just a couple quick ones uh there's many 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 more too many I don't even have a list of all the ones that I've built in there. They're just all in my my release notes of of each version, and I need to finally write up the actual all the features that that we put in there. But there, there's quite a few. So, and I'll I'll be keeping. I know we'll talk about where to to look for info about 5.0, but on my blog I'll be releasing different highlights of the different 5.0 features. I have one about offline maps coming where it shows all the different features and stuff. So that'll be something to look look to. Right on. So if it's in beta testing, it's coming soon then. Yeah, we've been I've been working on it for probably since February and my beta testers have had it for the past 4 months probably. And we we did I did a smaller beta group this time. I used to have about 100 beta testers and it was just an overwhelming amount of feedback. <laughs> and so this time we have a group of about 12 people and we use Slack and we communicate on there and it's just much easier than we used to use email and this and forums and it just it's just so much quicker for people to know about Slack. It's just really, really nice. Yeah, I think HQ uses uh, Slack as their project development. I'm sure they do. It's it's super nice for distributed teams. Very cool. All right. Um, so Nick, I have another question for you, but before I get to that, I think you, you're kind of touching on something that maybe not a lot of people know. Uh, so here's my next question that we, we didn't put into the show notes, but I'm going to ask you, sure. which is... Um, how big is the development team at your head office of Cashly there? <laughs> yeah, so the, this is the head office right here, uh, and it's just me. So, I mean, I have to g- definitely give credit to all of my beta testers because they they do an incredible amount of work. They're seriously, we're talking daily about things. So there's some guys in there that put a lot of time into that. So I, it's invaluable that you know they're helping me. Um, but as far as coding it, it's just, just me. There's no no company that's you know multiple people or anything like that so that's why it's hard when some people say why don't they get frustrated that i don't have an android version or that i'm not doing something when i you know tell them that it's just me and it's also i have a full-time job outside of cashly so that's that's the reality of it there you go yeah Yeah. i think i think it was important to maybe share that because i think people just tend to assume when they see an app and an app of the quality of cashly now I'm not, I'm an iPhone user for work and I don't really use my work phone for, um, for geocaching, but, um, I have installed Cashly on my work phone just cause I wanted to see it and, and it's yeah. pretty damn impressive. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I know Chris and, and a lot of other iPhone users swear by it. So, um, you know, to have a, an app of that quality, people will assume there's a company behind it and well, technically I guess there is, but it is a company of one. There is. <laughs> yes. Yep. Who also does, you know, all product development, all um, uh, advertising, marketing. marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
There you go. So it's a big job. <laughs> so leading off of that, my my question I did have for you, Nick, is when people do meet you at the events and such, when you when you get out, as you said, you you make an effort to get out there and meet people and interact with them. What are the most frequent questions that you get asked? Often it's uh, about geocoins because I have a bunch of cashy geocoins and I, and I tell people, if you see me somewhere, that's where I will give you a geocoin. Um, sometimes I send them in the mail to people, but I don't sell them or anything. Yeah, there you go. I don't sell them or anything. Um, so that's, that's one thing that people ask. Um, another thing is, you know, people want to know what, what new features are coming, you know, what, you know, and, and then give a suggestion. So those are the kind of things that people are excited to talk about. And then just tell me, you know, that they appreciate Cashly. So, or, or ask questions with problems that they're having. That's another, that's another <laughs> one. Troubleshoot something uh, on the spot, which is totally fine too. Hey, look, so. it's tech support. Yeah. yeah I was gonna say, oh yeah. He's yeah. tech support also for all the, uh, installed Cashly, uh, users there too all base yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and i always walk around with with the cashy shirt on so people will see me and be like oh are you the cashy guy so it works are out you well. on the cashly team <laughs> yes i am yes <laughs> yes yeah oh nice do you, now do you play where you work yeah <laughs> he takes his work with him there you go <laughs> now you mentioned you're an official geocaching app publisher and have access to the API. Uh, how does your yes. relationship with HQ work? Do you get to meet with them on a regular basis? Is there maybe a special forum for developers? Um, I think it's the relationship is much better than it used to be for other people. I think in the past there was developers and people that were frustrated or people always had a, a bad you know, idea about HQ, but I've had nothing but great experiences with them. Um, I have a, like a developer rep at HQ. And so any questions that I have, I can email her, you know, ask her if I can call her um, and she'll work directly with us. She lets us know when there's API changes and updates. Um, there is a forum, but it's not actually used that much. I think people use, there's a developer email that we email um, and the developers that respond are the API developers or the head guy that's over all the technical stuff for the API. Um, they'll respond. They're pretty responsive. Sometimes it's within an hour. Sometimes it takes them a little while to figure out what I'm asking, you know, and I'll hit back the next day. Um, but yeah, I've had meetings up there the last couple of summers. They have invited me up there to talk about different things, uh, different promotions, uh, you know, new features that are coming to the API. Uh, we got to go to lunch, you know, with all the different people. That's that's always fun meeting people that I've just heard names of. Got to, you know, meet Brian before. Got to meet uh, Sean Boots, who's in charge of all the technology type things. Um, so yes, it's really fun. I've I've enjoyed working with HQ, and and I have nothing but good things to say about them. And it's nice because they don't see Cashly as a competing app. They appreciate Cashly for being kind of more advanced and 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 as um, some of them have said they're they're happy to have theirs, and then at some point they're happy to have people jump onto using Cashly, and it's it's you know no competition in that in that realm. So, yeah, it's it's been a really good experience. That's pretty neat. I had no idea that. I mean, you, I think from the outside we perceive it as like, oh, you must be competing with them uh, in some level. So I think that's why we're kind of curious to ask that question of you, like, what's the working relationship like? So I think it's really cool that there is that very constructive, positive working relationship um, with you. Yeah, and, and they've, put, 
yeah, they've put a lot of work into the new API that they created. Um, so they're very, you know, into creating this thing for developers. It's not just for mobile developers. It's for people that have apps on Windows and and Mac and Android and iOS and um, even the web. They're using that same API. I'm sure like Project GC is using parts of the new API. So they're very focused on not just keeping their app. Uh, they're, you know, they're wanting other people to use it too, the, the API. So it's it's really nice. Very cool. So on that same theme, same theme, sorry, I'm tripping over my words. What to you, Nick, is the most challenging aspect of being a geocaching app developer? Probably the things that we we briefly mentioned before. So it's me being a small developer uh, and having to do the development, the marketing, um, you know, posting things on social media, trying to keep up with those kind of things. Um, finding the time to actually work on, you know, things when I'm trying to, you know, have a regular job also, um, because geocaching doesn't always pay all of the bills. Um, so that's kind of the reality of it. Um, and you know, it can be difficult, but it's, it's at the end of the day, it's still a lot of fun. So I, I I still really enjoy it. Nice. Now, um, where would people contact you or find out more about Cashly and all the work that you're doing with upcoming releases and all the cool stuff that yeah, you, you do? can go. Yeah, you can go to cashly.app. So that goes to our website. And from there, you can see links to the blog. That's where I post updates about, you know, larger features and things like that. Um, I will post um, different updates on social media. So you can uh, at Cashly app is uh my twitter handle and then on facebook uh, you can just search for cashly and you'll see the cashly official page and then there's also a, a cashly user group which has over 1300 users and those are people that are all there together asking questions about cashly they're not always directed to me there's tons of community people who are answering questions also which is really nice um and that's helped me out so that i'm not the only person answering questions about cashly um, so if you want to be part of a community of people, that's probably the best place to go. So we have, we have user forums and you can use those as well, but the largest community of people is, is definitely in that Facebook group. So that's cool to have that kind of support. I must help a lot. Yeah. I, I very much appreciate it. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, so that's some great avenues to get in touch with you and, uh, um, follow what's coming out and i think the blog is is important to mention because as you mentioned yep. earlier that's where all the tips and tricks about what's coming with five are going to be posted so as opposed to reading yep. the notes which is always fun uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah th those are just for me those are the fun notes just for me there you go um uh, there was a comment uh that we had from land sharks in the chat that i went and grabbed because i thought it was, it was kind of perfect nick and it's uh um, they're wondering if the biggest problem is finding time to go geocaching. Yeah, that would <laughs> that would be it. Um, my wife my wife makes fun of me because I don't have that many finds, and I you know I I only have you know a little over hundred finds, but I I say I'm working on cashly all those times that I could be geocaching, helping other people find a lot of uh, geocaches. So, but uh, yeah, I, we do get to go with our kids and that's, that's the biggest thing for me is taking my kids out and going to find caches. Cause my, my son, especially just always loves to go find caches. There's one down by our house called sting thing that has a, a B theme and it's a, a multi-cache and he's always wanted to go down there and figure it out because we haven't figured it out. So 
one of these one of these Sundays we'll finally finish it. It's about a mile from our house. So that's nice. awesome. Well, I think you should get a percentage of all cash fines from all Cashly users and just I add wish. those into your That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's just one percent, you know. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be nice. That's awesome. Nick, um, so th- we've been uh, on the shorter side uh, tonight of some of our podcasts, but if you'd like to hang out for the after show with us, that would be awesome if you can. Uh, sure. Play. Yeah. Fantastic. So we, before we do that, um, again, uh, sincere, thanks for your time. And uh, we definitely look forward to the next time we see you in person. Hopefully that won't be too long. Um, now yes. we talked about, <laughs> awesome. We talked about uh, where people can get more information about Cashly. If people want to get uh, a little more information about you, like uh, maybe they want to take you and your family out geocaching somewhere, uh, <laughs> where, where can people contact or, or just keep in, in touch with Nick? You can still uh, use my Twitter handle, Cashly app, or in Cashly itself in the more tab, there's an email support option that, that goes directly to me. So those are really kind of the direct lines of contact to me. So. Or, or on Facebook. I, I don't I don't love using Facebook as much, but it is something that I, I am forced to use to, to communicate with users. So that's right. You are the support team. Yeah. That, that is true. That is true. Sorry, we're really pushing this this one man operation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, hey Nick, thank you for being with us tonight. And folks, thank you for tuning in. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of Caching in the Northwest. Don't forget, we have more. If you don't want to wait a whole week until next Thursday, that's okay. We understand. Why don't you come out to Victoria Sunday from noon to 2. There's going to be a live event at the Shark Store. And it's a geocaching event. So if you go to GC uh, Z Papa Bravo X-Ray, 7Z. Oh, sorry. 7Z. Papa Bravo X-Ray. You'll be able to see the event, the location, the times. Come and join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do a live episode of Caching in the Northwest. We'll have all three hosts right there. It's a rare opportunity to see all of us at one time. Or you can, you know, go somewhere else and completely avoid us. That way you know where we are. You know where we are, exactly. On December 20th, so we've got December 16th, this Sunday, December 20th, that's our regular Thursday show, how to create a geotour with Jeff and Jen from HQ. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm uh, honestly, I've got to say, like the last couple of months, I've been excited about every show. We've had some great shows. Um, you know, obviously the show with Brian w- was a highlight, uh, having Nick on the show, we haven't had you on the show for a long time and being able to get some inside scoop on Cashly 5.0 and just have some fun chatting with you has been great. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward obviously to the live show at the sharks event. We've got, as you said, we've got Jen and Jeff from HQ coming on. We're going to talk all about geo tours and, and not just like go through a list of what are the geo tours. We're going to talk about actually what goes on behind the curtain in the creation of a geo tour and what you need to be thinking about if you're, um, you know, if you, if you like the idea of a geo tour, but you know, what's involved. So that's going to be really fun. I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, moving along, we've also got uh, the Olympic peninsula tourism folks on December 27th for show 283. 
They're going to come on and talk about the Olympic Geo Tour Phase 1 and Phase 2. Um, we're going to get the scoop with them. And uh, hey, MC3Cats, hope you're listening because we want you on the show January 3rd for a WSGA update, the winter WSGA update. So if you're available, we've got you, we've got a place for you on the show. Does, does he know? He's supposed to be coming on on January 3rd, or are we just now. informing him now? Okay. He knows now. Okay. <laughs> oh, he's ready for it. Oh, good. <laughs> Here we go. Whew. Anybody else we should call out and just say, hey, by the way, you're on the show next week. Uh, Land Sharks, you're going to be on the show on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it when we do planning on the fly like this. Hey, that's, you know, we've, we've been doing it for 280 episodes. I think we've we got done something right. Now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, speaking of Landsharks, we want to thank them. They are our corporate Denali level sponsor, Landsharks.ca, the outdoor adventure and geocaching store. Check them out online. Visit their store in Victoria, British Columbia. Yeah, they've got some Christmas sales going on right now online. So, you know, check that out. I believe they're actually at the store packing up people's Christmas presents right now and sending them off to them. So they are such busy little elves. They're busy little sharks. Yes, they are. The best kind of elves are sharks. Oh, there you go. It sounds like a t-shirt is coming there somehow. <laughs> Maybe Sharknado 20. Oh, yeah. The best elves are the sharks. The land sharks. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, um, we also want to thank our faithful Denali level supporters. That's Bounce Bounce, Team Squirrel, Limax, and WorldCaching.com. Really appreciate the support all those four give us every month. If you want to know more about supporting this show, click the Patreon link on the cachingw.com website. Yeah, I said that at the beginning of the show and I say it at the end of the show. But at the end of the show, it's even more specialer because then I'm going to read out everybody's name just like this. Broncos fan for life, Sprouter, Camp Clan, Tick Magnet, Kev Mac, D Subway, Mark Doramore, Dune Buddy, Kid Vegas 19, Geo Nav Pros, Wino Seattle, Acrodoc, Billy Robson, Genies, Antaeus, Keats 94, Trexer Zero, MC3, Cats, and Kennel Barb. Got wow. Him. I better say something just so you can catch your breath. Thank you. And it's going to be really short because Land Monkey, we want to know where people can find you if they're looking for you on the interwebs. Well, uh, you can find me on the interwebs if you're looking oh, for me. There. Well, you're, you're probably going to turn out to be pretty lucky because that's where I am. Um, but there's, the interwebs are so big and so wide. And and sticky sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope, uh, at LandMonkeyGC, Facebook, we're Team LandMonkey. But, you know, if you search uh, LandMonkeyGC on Facebook, you're going to get me too. So that's kind of the key places to to find me. Uh, there's probably content every day. I just tweeted my 5,000th tweet today. So, I, 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 to me, it's a milestone. I know to some people it's like, really, that's all? But yeah, it's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of Twitter. What What was it? Uh, it was a thank you to everybody who follows me and to my patrons. So nice. I figured I, you know, for a milestone tweet, I should make it something sem somewhat classy as opposed to the other 4,999. Um, but uh, more importantly, on YouTube, if you search Land Monkey, L A N M O N K E Y, Land Monkey on YouTube, then you can find me. And uh, we just this week did a premiere. We released our season one finale, the 10th and final episode of season one of our geocaching adventures that took us across the Baltic on the Landsharks geo tour cruise that we did this past summer. 
Uh, it's in Riga, Latvia. We had a lot of fun. There's all kinds of cool stuff. Check it out. And I have a cool contest running. So if you follow me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, or Facebook, you can see my post and you just have to um, share that post and copy two friends, tag two friends in your share of that post, uh, as well as subscribe to me on either Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and subscribe to me on YouTube. Do all those things. I know it's a lot to remember, but just follow me on Facebook or Twitter and you'll find all the, the, the details on that. And you can win the exclusive Geocoin set that the Landsharks had created for that adventure so that's kind of cool anyways How very cool and what's yeah. that audio jingle again l-a-n-m-o-n-k-e-y land monkey on youtube nick Thanks. don't you wish you had your own audio jingle i think you guys should help me with that yeah <laughs> uh, i don't have one because well i'm not musical by nature so um I, I, we're in the same boat there we're gonna have to work on it yeah Oh, fantastic. Well, Chris, hey, if somebody wanted to uh, write you a jingle, uh, where would they find you on the internet? That would be great. You know, most of the time I spend on Twitter and sometimes Facebook, they're both Caching NW. Also, I have Instagram at Caching in the Northwest. You know what? We've mentioned all these sites and they can be confusing, especially when you're driving and trying to get out the pen and paper and write it down. And, you know, what you're going to do is you're going to use the Paul the ink and not be able to have enough to sign the logs. So what you should do is head over to cashingnw.com slash hosts and read the bios and look at all those links. And you can just click them from your computer or tablet or phone. And you don't have to use any ink and you can save that all for geocaching logs. But most of all, we want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Caching in the Northwest. Don't forget that you can be part of the show. Call into 253-693-TFTC, leave us a comment, ask us a question, help us with our Christmas lights any time of the day or night. But the lights are more important at night. Of course, you can email us at feedback at cashingnw.com. Your support helps keep the quality shows coming. So if you like this show, click that Patreon link on the cashingnw.com website and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. This show is produced by Chris Umpenauer and Jay Kennedy, hosted by Chris J. and Jim Paulwitz. This show's licensed under a Creative Commons, Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. Copyright 2018 by Chris Umpenauer. And now stay tuned for The After Show. There you go. That copyright statement, so uh, it's a mouthful. Uh, I can see. Land Monkey? Yeah. We're in our 281st show. I think I've read that statement probably, you know, at least 150 times, and I still <laughs> stumble over it. It's a tongue twister. Creative Commons attribution. There you go. Ah, good stuff. So after show, Nick, welcome to the after show. You survived, man. The after show. Thank you. It's great. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, I, I always say, folks, if you're new to caching in the Northwest, the after show is just a chance for us to talk with our live listeners, our live viewers who are with us on a Thursday evening, Thursday evening, nine o'clock. You can come on to YouTube. You can head on over to cashingnw.com slash live and uh, watch what's going on. Join us in the chat. Uh, it's an active community in the chat. And, yeah. you know, there are things going on in there that it's tough to keep up with. We need a chat lackey just to 
help us catch everything that goes through. And a special thanks and shout out to our chat lackey. You know who you are. Thank you so much for the support you give us every week. Do, uh, do they? Do they know who they are? Is it a secret like, to themselves? Yeah, I don't know. Is it like a reviewer? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, you, you know, I, I joke, but the chat lackey is such a huge benefit. I feel like I'm so much more engaged in the show than trying to read everything going through the chat and keep up. And so chat lackey, thank you so much. We, we may out them on Sunday, depending on situations or we may not we may keep it a secret <laughs> there you go yeah, it's probably one of the poorest kept secrets on the internet but that's okay exactly uh, it's it's fun to pretend it's still a secret all right um <laughs> it, it looks like in the after show notes i'm being baited to uh get into quality logs versus tftc so i'm going to actually put that to the end of the after show and i want to i want to share out keats uh keats 94 he says, hashtag Fatas, am I going to run into any geocachers on the ferry this Sunday? I'm looking forward to the Christmas in the Northwest event in Victoria, and I will try not to spend my entire paycheck. <laughs> so I don't know if he means like to pay for the ferry or once he gets into the shark store. Well, I think it's both, isn't it? <laughs> um, Wits End and his daughter Dream Painter and I are coming over on the Black Ball Ferry. Uh, in the morning. So it's the 820 sailing on Sunday and we'll be going back at four o'clock. So we probably won't uh, be on the same ferry as Keats unless he's going to come down into the States and go back up. It <laughs> could happen. Roundabout route to get to Victoria from Vancouver. Yeah. And he may spend his whole paycheck doing that. <laughs> and this whole weekend. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, I, I think there'll be a handful of cashers coming over on the ferry. Um, there's definitely, when we've looked at the Willa tents, there's a, there's a, a good number of our, uh, our friends from the lower mainland of uh, Metro Vancouver who are coming over. So that's really cool. We're, we're really looking forward to this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and uh, oh yeah, uh, thank you for posting that in there, Chris. Uh, the Land Sharks mentioned in the chat that they will have a spread of Christmas baking there on Sunday. Uh, they usually have a Christmas open house, but this year they're combining it uh, with the uh, with the event. And they say, hashtag once and done. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame you there. That's nice. awesome. Um, MC3Cats wants to know, hashtag Fatas, during the live podcast, will there be audience participation? Oh, yes, there will. Oh, I was going to say no. Oh, You're yeah. going to have to yeah. sit there quietly and properly until we're done. No, of yeah. course, just I like mean, our Thursday shows, this time you're going to use your own voice, you, but we could make them type it. Maybe we'll hand everybody a sheet, sheets of paper and they have to write their questions down and turn them in. Yeah, you're, Everybody's going to get a little whiteboard okay. and a marker and they have to write <laughs> their questions down and then, and then stand there, um, like say anything with the... Yep whiteboard over their head uh there you go um no we we are encouraging audience participation in fact what uh, i posted on the uh, there is a facebook um event for for this event and uh I, I posted in there today on on behalf of you chris um just so you know i did I, I noticed i got the alert hey somebody <laughs> posted on the I hope that was Land Monkey. I have to go look <laughs> to see what was posted. <laughs> I 
Have I been hacked? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, well, yes, but um, by me. Uh, but anyways, what I posted, the actual point of what I'm saying, uh, besides the fact that I've hacked Chris's accounts, is that w- there will be audience participation, MC3Cats. And what we're asking is, if you're coming to the event, um, think about any geocaching uh, fun little stories, brief stories that you have. Um, think about them a little bit in advance of what you might want to share. We're going to invite people to come up to the microphone and join the hosts at the mic and uh, um, share, you know, briefly share your stories. But, you know, we only have so much time <laughs> for the live podcast. So if you can keep your stories concise, that would be fantastic. We, we would uh, really enjoy hearing from you guys and having you share your stories in your own words. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about our chat going on Thursdays and, and how beneficial it is. Well, right now in the chat, we've got people working carpools together to get on the ferry. So, you know, if you're not watching live, maybe you're missing a chance to carpool. There you go. You're probably missing all kinds of fun if you're not watching live and not having the opportunity to participate in the chat there. So there you have it. Um, let's see. We have Breitling posted that SpaceX is targeting December 18th launch of GPS three SV zero one. That's space vehicle zero one from pad 40 in Florida. That will be the first of the GPS three series satellites to launch. That's cool. Hey, Nick, do you follow the, uh, the SpaceX launches and such i do i follow them on twitter so i see every time they're you know posting a launch and posting the the pictures and stuff like that of the launch so is this satellite the one that's gonna make gps more accurate or yes well what i remember okay it's the first of a of a new constellation of gps satellites we're currently on like generation 2f so this will be generation three um i don't know how many have to be in the constellation before they can bring it online? So there's no date of when it will come online. I can't recall. Here, here's what I want to know: Will the satellites be trackable with Cashly coins attached to them? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Good answer, Nick. I love it. <laughs> uh, Nick, as a developer of a gps enabled program do you know much about how the satellites work or do you just assume you know you get a signal and a and a and a location and you move from there you let the the phone handle that part i don't know i, I know a lot about how they work i don't i don't know the nitty-gritty science of it really but i mean i know a fair amount especially pertaining to the iphone where it has uh assisted gps mm-hmm. where you know you'll get a, a gps fix say, you know knowing where your cell tower is or your wi-fi and stuff like that um as opposed to if you're on the woods and you only are using the gps uh radio so and i've been working on uh gps based apps for probably 10 years so i've spent a long time at least in the code of location-based services on on ios mm-hmm. so yeah, well, that's very, I, very familiar. I, I guess that didn't quite come out right. I mean, I, I assume you understand, that, but I didn't know if you did any programming or you allowed uh, location services to do that work for you and just give you, give mm-hmm. your, give Cashly 
location based on location services or do you tap in and and uh, derive some location beyond location services no apple apple makes it pretty easy with their code so they are optimizing for battery and you know all those kind of things and providing all the locations to me um as as they come in so i mean locations come to the iphone very quickly you might receive you know one every second or something like that as it's adjusting so there is no other you know way that i would receive that kind of data except for their specific apis that they have for location services so if if that kind of new satellite comes online somehow those apis would have to be able to work with the chip on your iPhone, obviously. And I'm, I'm sure they would have to update the hardware and all that kind of stuff, you know? So mm-hmm. to get those kind of new things in your iPhone, I, maybe they're already built in there and then it would just start working when those things come online. I'm assuming that's probably how it is that they've already planned ahead for those kind of things. I, maybe. Um, I know the iPhone works with GPS, uh, GLONASS, and Mm-hmm. I never pronounce the Chinese one right, but I say Beidou, Beidou, mm-hmm. Beidou. Um, I don't know if it works with that one or not. I doubt it's set up for GPS three since we're just launching now. I mean, I, I've read you know articles that five uh, G won't be on the iPhones until like twenty twenty, even though it's yeah, you know, out it and starting to be delivered now. So. I don't expect them to, yeah. you know, be able to use GPS three signals right away. Well, there you go. And this episode of Geo Gearheads was brought to you by yeah. our sponsor. <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny. Um, I, I did. I, at the risk of switching gears, Nick, I did have a question for you. So I, I was looking at the, uh, the quality logs versus TF, TFTC comment again. But it made me think from a from a cashly perspective, um, is there a consideration when you're doing the development or you're you know doing the versioning of it um, on the size of logs? Like, is that an aspect you need to think about of how long a log is, um, either from a, a graphical user interface perspective or a data consumption perspective? Is it something you think about? Probably not data consumption, but user interface, that kind of thing is an issue, especially on iPhone, because your keyboard pops up and then your typable area is is smaller. Um, so I remember when I was first developing it, I, I made it so that when the keyboard popped up, I didn't realize that your text would go behind the keyboard and to program it so that your actual view slides up and, and it's no longer down at the bottom of your phone. So there's a lot of things like that that, that the iPhone doesn't do for you. Um, so you have to get notifications when your keyboard pops up, know how high it is. And depending on your device, it might be higher than other ones. If you're using a custom keyboard that you can download, um, that's also something you have to watch for. Um, and then the iPad is different and they have all these different sizes. So there's a lot of small little things like that that you have to pay attention to. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that I, I ran into as far as the user interface for sure. Cool. That's interesting. Yeah, the, the thought occurred to me as I was looking at the question and thinking, is there a way I can spin this question so that I don't have to talk about the same thing I always talk about when I'm asked about quality logs versus DFTC? <laughs> Given that you're on the show, I thought, you know, that I'm I'm curious about that, right? It's 
I know very little about app development, especially um, you know, current application development on smartphone platforms. So it's a very foreign world to me. Yeah, and I'm sure there is a a limit for the characters of a log, but I don't I don't know. Maybe you guys know if there's a character limit. So if there is a character limit, there would be an 4, error that I would receive from the API. Is it four thousand? Yeah, something like that. that I, I, I know there is a character limit. I have heard it before. I just don't remember exactly. I've hit it. Yeah. If it, of course you have. While typing, yeah. <laughs> Telling just, stories of. Yeah, of completely unnecessary things. Yeah, there, there you go. Uh, yeah, Brian. Uh, uh, okay, Nick, I've got a uh, uh, casually development idea. Okay. I want you to be able to analyze the logs. If they put in TFTC or anything shorter than that, a big screen pops up and says, no, you can't submit this log unless you use more words. That would be pretty easy, actually. Okay. Or, or they just couldn't hit the submit button. It just wouldn't work. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Ooh, nice. <laughs> but you do allow templates, right? Log templates? Oh, yes. Yeah, log templates. And then you can build templates based on, you know, if it's a, a find or a DNF or, um, or they can templates where you can insert them into your... Uh, log text so you could create you know 20 different long logs that you like to write people like to do that and then they'll type a little bit and then put in their template like at the end so i don't know if that's frowned upon but it's something that people like you know if they're going on a trip they like to say at the end you know such and such caching group was going through canada blah blah blah. you know so i've seen lots of those kind of little template things at the end of their logs so instead of typing that 50 times they can insert it there you go. And I have no issue with the templated logs like that. Um, I just always do. I, I personally do them and I do exactly as you're saying, and I encourage others. If you have something unique to write, write it at the top. If you're going to make a comment about that particular cache or that area or whatever, put it at the top and then paste your, your templated information with mm-hmm. um, your macros and whatever else. But I mean, Basically, what you've said here, Nick, is that there is zero excuse if you're a Cashly user for a TFTC log. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if I can put words in your mouth. And in version 5.1, TFTC will no longer be allowed in Cashly. I'm just, I'm declaiming that now. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Well, okay. Nick- no, that's not the truth, folks. <laughs> well, it might be, but might be. as far uh-huh. as we know now, it's not. Wait and see. Wait and see. Awesome. Nick, did you have anything else you wanted to throw out there before we wrap it up for the night? Uh just just keep watching uh the Cashly social media and blog and, and I will be continuing to post more details about some of the, the upcoming 5.0 features, you know, with photos, screenshots, stuff like that. So if people are really interested in that, that's where you can look to see all the updates. Awesome. And thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. It's great to oh, talk to you. Anytime, Nick. We really appreciate you uh, taking your time to speak with us. And, you know, we have to tout the fact that you're a Northwesterner, just like exactly. we are. So. Born and raised. Yeah, there you go. So, And, and uh, my mother is Canadian, so it's a little bit in the Washington and British Columbia. Exactly. Well, there, there yeah. you go. You just got a little closer to my heart, Nick. <laughs> awesome all right chris you want to wrap it up for tonight i think so folks thank you so much for joining us tonight and until next week get out and get caching in the northwest